Hello, Michael here with a quick disclaimer. The episode that you are about to listen to was originally recorded as a live event, meaning that it was recorded and streamed over our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the RPG Academy, or broadcast as a live event or recorded as a live event for our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash the RPG Academy. Hopefully you will understand why the audio quality of this episode is not quite up to the same standards you have come to appreciate and expect from our show. And on the off chance that when you listen to this episode, you don't really notice a difference between this episode and a regular episode, don't say anything, because that will make me cry. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Seven. A loose diamond. Eight. An action figure. Nine. Your mom. Ten. Hey! That was ten things. So if Nailed it! Anyone I, I don't believe you found all ten of those things <laughs> in the bottom of your shoe. But you know what? You'd be surprised about how many of those things I actually have found in the bottom of my shoe. That's the sad yeah. part. So when you're playing ten things, immediacy is the goal. The, the accuracy of the um, answers aren't as important as how quickly you get there. Mm-hmm. And as a case in counterpoint to how well Matthew did, Matthew, give me ten things. <laughs> Michael, 10 things you love about the fact that you don't have to put up and tear down your setup every time you podcast. That I don't have to put up and tear down my setup every time I podcast. One. My settings don't have to be changed. Two. My chair fits my butt perfectly. Three. Uh, It gives me time to do other things that are less important. Four. Um, Gives me more time to edit, which is something I have to do now. Five. Um, It keeps the kids out of here because they don't want to break anything. Sick. It gives me time to play around with my uh, microphone cozies and <laughs> color coordinate them. Seven. <laughs> there it is. Absolutely. Actually, if you can see, I have color coordinated around the room. Uh, I don't have dogs barking. Eight. Fair. <laughs> um, oh, son of a gun. Uh, it just makes me feel more like a person. Nine. Oh, there it is. There's yeah. another dig. <laughs> okay. Eat, eat shit. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, because why not? Again, good good example of a bad example. All right, Devin, you are up, sir. Give me 10 things. Give me 10 drinks you would drink if you had time to have gotten them before we started. Okay. um, Coffee flavored mezcal. One. Tequila straight. Two. Two. Uh, Mexicola. Three. Three. Uh, Water. Four. Four. Um, Rum. Five. Five. Coke. Six. Six. Coke Zero. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Diet Coke. Eight. Eight. Oh, there we go. We're back. <laughs> and for my last two, I will now pull them out of this hat. <laughs> oh, my God. If you had a hat with shit in it, I would have pissed my pants. I would have turned this off and left. Uh, he really is in Vegas. Everyone's a magician in Vegas. <laughs> Hulk fist soda. Nine. And milk. Ten. Yay. Ten things. That was ten things. I like how for a guy who doesn't claims to have not to drink, the first three things were awesome drinks. I when when do I claim not to drink? I thought you didn't drink. 
<laughs> Maybe a couple well, years ago. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I remember this very, very vividly. <laughs> All right. So now we will move into used books. The idea with a used book is we're going to take a look back at a campaign that one of us has played, maybe ran, that uh, failed, possibly spectacularly. And like any good used books, we're going to look in the margins for some notes about maybe what we could do differently or better next time and essentially what kind of lessons we can learn from it. So, Devin, you are the guest here tonight. Do you have a campaign that you'd like to talk about? Woo! Yes. Woo! Uh, recently, at the beginning of this year, I think it was at the beginning of this year, recently-ish, I ran a Savage Worlds Interface Zero 2.0 game. Uh, and everyone was really excited about it. I was really excited about it. Cyberpunk, woo, yay. Cyberpunk is amazing. Uh, and we sat down and we made characters and we started playing. And one of the players uh, consistently dominated everything. And everyone else let her uh, because she was new to the group. But then she would consistently dominate. And then me having to cater to that character and her having to come up with everything at the same time, we both kind of burned out at the same time. <laughs> and uh, the game just died because I was like, I'm tired. I want to take a break <laughs> from something. Uh, I don't want to run this anymore. And she was like, yeah, I, I'm kind of burned out on gaming. I'm going to go do something else for a while. I was like, okay. And it was dead right there. Nice. <laughs> I have never heard that happen. That's, that's an amazing story. All right. So again, we want to look back lessons learned. What do you think you could have done to have prevented that from happening at all? If anything, uh, probably I should have encouraged the other players who are, they have been part of my home gaming group for years and years and years. Uh, I probably should have concentrated on their characters as the GM and said, okay, uh, we've seen this character's spotlight. Now let's give spotlight to you guys and see what you do. But since they were happy to let the new player have the spotlight, I was happy to let the new player have the spotlight. Okay. So what do you think? So I know you mentioned the issue is that they dominated. You had to constantly come up with things. They had to constantly come up with things. But looking back on it, if it's, let's say you had the same players. You had the same problem. How do you think you could have fixed it before it got to the point that you were burnt out? Well, I think at the very beginning of the game, I probably would have picked a different rule set. Because okay. uh, Savage Worlds, as fun as it is, it's not something that I engage with a lot or that's very fun mechanically for me. Uh, so if I had a, a rule set that were more fun mechanically for me, then I probably would have had more stimulation at the game table and enjoyed running the game more than I did. <coughs> but uh, farther in, um, things I could have done during game sessions to avoid that, I probably should have said no to the player a little bit more. Okay. So, you know, and I know I just gave Matthew a heart attack. <laughs> so there's a couple things I want to, I want to pull out there. So first of all, if, if Savage Worlds isn't a engaging mechanical system for you, why did you start with that? Because we, our gaming group has grown to the point that we've split into two groups. And we decided we wanted to do a joint story between the two groups. So they were running Savage World Cyberpunk and I was running Savage World Cyberpunk. Uh, and so we were going to have players moving back and forth between the two groups. We were going to combine sessions occasionally for big epic conclusions to storylines and stuff like that. Um, and I, as much as I've read uh, 
Savage Worlds in the past. I haven't really played it much. It's not been a game that we've played much in my game group. So I didn't know that I wouldn't like it as much as I didn't. Okay, so I think that's an interesting situation because it was somewhat forces beyond your control that dictated which system you would use. You know, normally yeah. you could have decided that yourself or session zeroed it. Everyone take a drink because I mentioned session zero. Uh, but in this case, you didn't really have that opportunity. So, I, I mean, I'm trying because it's going to be an easy answer of no, but is there something you could have done that would have helped you engage with that system? Was it just not working for you or were there things that you didn't know to do or didn't know how to do that could have made it better? Maybe. I think I was in the role of the co-GM. The other GM was the one who spearheaded all this. So maybe if I had sat down and taken a little bit more ownership over the way things were running and the direction things were headed, then I could have, probably made myself be more engaged with it, even though I wasn't really enjoying the Savage Worlds mechanics, then at least I would have had ownership of the story and I could have been like, yeah, this is this wonderful thing that we're all creating together. But as the co-GM, the other GM was saying, okay, this week we're doing this and this is your party's half and this is my party's half. I, I can see what you mean now that you, you were almost in the sidecar and you weren't driving, but you were, you had someone who was, driving your uh you know your car and you were like wait uh, that's mine <laughs> I, I wanted to stop at the giant ball of yarn and we just yeah kept... and you just kept driving <laughs> i've had to pee for like three hours <laughs> so that, that makes a little, that makes a lot more sense when you said you were you were technically the co-gm yeah. like uh now i understand why the burnout was uh so let me jump to you on that matthew have you ever played in a game where you were not able i'll say have you ever ran a game where you were not able for some reason to choose the system? Uh, besides games where I, you know, signed up and I couldn't choose the system. I mean, I've never jumped into a game where I didn't want to play the system I was playing. You know what I mean? Except for during the game when I learned like, oh, fuck this system. <laughs> I hate this system. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, so I want to call out a couple things uh, in the chat. Uh, so, Michael is saying that the idea of flowing characters between two games sounds like a neat idea. I agree. I think with all things, execution matters. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult to do well. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's Decadani or Desadani. Uh, sadly, Matthew can't see the chat. I'm the only one that can. So he is not getting any of the subtle hints that you are dropping <laughs> or any of the questions that you may be asking. Uh, someone who came in late did want to know what you were drinking, Matt, if you would recap that for him. Oh, I am drinking a uh, New Belgium Citradelic Tangerine IPA, and now it is gone. Uh, drink. Mm-hmm. Do we have drink words now? What? Do we have drink words now? You did session zero drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. Every time we mention session zero, you take oh, a drink. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna. Start and because I'm here, every time Stargate is mentioned, you gotta take a drink. <laughs> of course, that's the rule. <laughs> In fact, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. So, so let's let's give you. I'm gonna set you up a softball here. Let's say that you were gonna do this again, but you were able to take control and be the the main GM. <laughs> What game type would you run and what system would you use if you had the, the two different groups that were going to interact? Well, I would, um, 
first of all, mechanics-wise, I would pick a game that we were all familiar with, um, much as if we were at a, uh, a Stargate convention, I would, uh, I would frame all my anecdotes in Stargate rather than Star Wars or Star Trek. You know, so something like World of Darkness, uh, because we play World of Darkness games a lot. Um, and I think that's the common denominator for all of us. Um, but we would have picked something like that, and I forgot the last half of your question. So if you were going to dictate the, the game system and sort of the overall type of game, like Stargate, what would you have chosen? Uh, I definitely would have chosen uh, a game of exploration, uh, traveling to different worlds through some kind of stellar portal. Uh, and some sort of wormhole? Yeah, something like that. Some sort of like uh, terrestrial gate from one perhaps. world to another? A terrestrial door? I, I think I might call the game Wormhole Extreme or something like that. Mm, I, like, yeah. I like this. Ooh, and then they could be Wormhole Extreme 1. Like, that could be the name of, like, the team. Yes. <laughs> yes, and they'd have to have catchphrases. Like, as a matter of fact, it does say Colonel on my uniform. Uh, and things like, indeed. And Matthew, <laughs> and Matthew your, call, your uh, call sign or your, your phrase could be Jurgen, like the lotion company. <laughs> Because <laughs> apparently that means something to someone in chat. Yes, it does. <laughs> Fantastic. So let's, we'll, we'll jump ship here a little bit because I think you have a pretty interesting ah. <laughs> uh, situation. Let's talk a little bit about Stargate, okay? I, I know you're somewhat familiar with the show. Oh, God. And Christopher, the, Christopher's ears are on fire yeah. right now. He's like, oh, you mean Chris? <laughs> <laughs> now they're Ouch. really on fire. Ouch. Um, so what is it about Stargate that you think would translate well into an RPG? And actually, is there a Stargate RPG? There is. Okay. Uh, there was one published many years ago. I think it was based on, well, it was based on Spycraft. Um, so it's D20, uh, kind of a 3.0 shift <laughs> fade thing because you know spycraft took 3.0 srd and then made their own thing with it and then stargate came put their thing on top of it so it's um it's a really complicated game as 3.0 D, D rules were you know i'm yep. sure you're familiar with them um i still have nightmares <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, yeah it's it the book has got a lot of lore in it and stuff like that. But as far as what it has that's good for RPGs is that you have your, uh, you've already got your, your group, your party made in because that's what Stargate teams are. Sure. Uh, you know, you've got your four to however many people on the team and they go out and they have a mission. Uh, you've got the exploration ones, you've got the science teams, you've got the uh, military teams, uh, and you've got diplomatic teams. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that you could go do. So you've got tons of different mission types. Uh, and then you do have niche protection as well because you've got the team leader, you've got the sniper, you've got the archaeologist, uh, and then you've got the, the warrior, the soldier. So, I mean, there's tons of crossover. Okay. Mm, yes, you are. Heart to heart to if I survive, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, so if you were going to run a Stargate game, would you use that system or would you use your own? Mm -mm. No, or I can use my own. Yeah. Vortex I, plus drama system, perhaps? Uh, if I were going to play a, a very dr relationship drama heavy mm -hmm. Stargate game, of course I would. Or you um, just play it as like the plebes that just work at base. 
<laughs> and every episode ends, it starts and ends with the Stargate being opened and closed, but they're not going through it. A- anytime someone says plebes, I just think of, uh, help, I'm being repressed. <laughs> I can see it's like the janitorial crew, they're cleaning it and yeah, it's turned yeah. on and like one guy falls through and it's just like, yeah. well, no! No, we have to go. <laughs> Ralphie's in there. There actually is an episode that's kind of like that called The Other Guys, and it uh, follows a uh, a science team of, like, C-listers. So they're, they're the science team that gets placed on an alien thing, and, like, everyone forgets about them, but they're the ones who save the day through a bunch of happenstance and errors, and it's pretty funny. Nice. All right. I'm actually going to be playing Cortex soon. I played a hybrid version of it at Gen Con... Two or three years ago, there was a, it's like half Fate, half Cortex Plus. And, okay. um So I didn't get a really good feel of the system, but we're going to get the chance to play Firefly, which is built on the Cortex system. Uh, Firefly is a good game. With uh, one of the designers, PK Sullivan, who will be at oh, Catacon, nice. uh, mm-hmm. is going to run that for us. We're going to, we have, um, <clears throat> we kind of have a Charlie's Angel situation. We got Mal, Zoe, Inara, and Kaylee are the characters that we're playing. Oh, oh nice. So. I thought we'd have a Jane, but it just didn't work out. So, but still, yeah. I'm pretty excited. I'm Kaylee, by the way. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can do the accent. It's fine. Exactly. I'll just talk like myself with just a higher. Basically, it's army. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you get a big floofy dress for the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You need a big floofy dress. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, Matt, let's. Uh, if you were going to make your own game, whether you're creating it or, or running it, what intellectual property would you want to use what's, oh, what's your stargate oh man i have so many i want to do <clears throat> this is crazy i got lists on my phone of just ips that i want to do stories in i want okay to do... so 10 ips <laughs> that you, you want to play stories in, in. <laughs> star wars oh this is a joke okay i'm sorry <laughs> um i think I feel like my number one is like a Band of Brothers type uh, 40k game. I'd play the hell out of that. Yeah. And that uh, sounds great. I, I have a bunch of like regiments that I want to try out because because I've read a, 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 you know, a bunch of the fiction I played and all this stuff. So I know all the shit, but um, I have all these ideas that haven't been like stories that I want to try, like a cavalry unit or like, a, you know, a, a specialist like a you know close combat unit and um i think it'd be cool if you could tell different stories in the same unit just like all over the 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 company you know Hmm. so all right right. very cool i think i would go with thundercats perfect oh we could do that for the next uh halloween special yeah well we're supposed to do tales from the loop i think that's going to be our oh that's the halloween cool that's going to be halloween this year uh, but yes, I would like, we, we have a kind of a uh, Saturday morning cartoon thing going. I keep knocking the slide over. Uh, and I think Thundercats is definitely one that's on my short list that I would like to do again. Uh, I would like to do a Flintstones version where the dinosaurs go crazy and try to eat everybody. It's like a Jurassic Park <laughs> uh, Flintstones. I think that would be awesome. Or we could do a dinosaurs Flintstones mashup where the dinosaurs talk and the Flintstones are like, WTF. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> mama. <laughs> Put uh, your collar back on, you beast! <laughs> I definitely would like to try He-Man. I mean, yes, that, there's just so much there to, yes. to mine for horror. I, 
I'd like to play He-Man. Uh, on a whim this summer, I started watching He-Man on Netflix because I saw it was there. And I was like, I don't remember anything, but I know I loved He-Man as a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. So I started watching it. Like the first three episodes, I'm like, yeah, this is great stuff. And then it's just total camp and horribleness. And, oh. But I can't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. So I, He-Man actually has taught me something about myself. Um, I really enjoy stories where someone has a secret and no one is supposed to know the secret. And at some point in time, you learn that someone's always kind of known the secret, but didn't say anything. I don't know why, but that, that, that's a very niche kind of thing, but I really enjoy that. And there, there's a particular episode of He-Man where Skeletor attacks, you know, uh, the kingdom of Eternia or whatever, and everybody gets frozen. They can't move. And He-Man's mom, I can't remember actually her name, uh, she has the, the ability to free one person, and she chooses Prince Adam. And, you know, Prince Adam becomes He-Man, blah, 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 saves the day. And at the end of the episode, he, you know, Prince Adam is like, you know, why did you pick me? Like, you know, you could have got Man of Arms, you could have done Tila. Why did you pick me? And she's like, oh, mother always knows what her son is capable of. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit, she knows! She has to know that he's He-Man, but it's just like, it's, it's a subtle thing, but I was like, that's crazy. And, and the other one that got me was um, The Lost Boys. I don't know. Do you ever remember that? The, the vampire, like... Yeah, the glam, movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. 80s glam rock vampires in the 80s with Keith uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah. So you go through the entire movie, and at the very end, the old fart grandpa's in the you know kitchen getting a glass of milk. And he's like, that's what I hate about this place, all the goddamn vampires. It's like, you know, this whole time, everyone thinks they're secret, <laughs> and this old dude just knows about them. I, I don't know why, but that just it just gets me in a spot where I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It, it almost makes it feel like the world is bigger than it really is. So I don't know what that is, but for some reason, I really enjoy that. Well, I think having getting that feel that the world, the horizon extends out farther than you thought it did is always kind of cool because it opens up so much more real estate uh, for you to play around in. Even if it's just your imagination at the end of a movie saying, oh, well, if this guy knows, then these people must have. And that makes total sense why they did this thing in that but one scene. Someone said that Grandpa was Art Carney. Wasn't he Wilfred Brimley? I thought it was the diabetes guy. I don't know. Somebody, somebody ID, 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 IMDB. IMDB that for us. God, man. Ooh, numbers and letters are fun. So uh, Matt took off, so we need to wait a little bit for him um, to get back before we can do our next little game. So we'll throw it out to chat. Uh, is there any questions that you would like for... Uh, Devin or myself to, to cover while we're waiting for Matt. And I think Twitch may be back up or might be going in and out because I just got a notification. But now it's gone. So, whatever. <laughs> gone. So, it was apparently Bernard Hughes. So, it wasn't Diabetes Guy, but it also wasn't Art Carney. Hmm. All right. All right. So what about you, Devin? Do you have heavy just chit chat? You want to chit chat while we're waiting on Matt? Hmm, chit chat about Matt. I don't know that that might be dangerous. Well, someone asked, uh, "When will Ken and Robin not win the any?" Easy answer: Whenever they're not nominated. So well, when they stop podcasting, or probably a year or two after they stop podcasting. <laughs> they'll they'll win <laughs> to be the, honest. The in memoriam, even when it's just a podcast is over. Uh, but no, I think if, if they're nominated, they're going to win. 
Yeah. And, you know, I say that with a hint of bitterness, but their audience of their podcast really isn't that huge. But both of them have such a strong media presence or social media presence because of all their other accomplishments. They just have a huge fan base that they can draw on. Draw on. Uh, so I, I really think as long as they're nominated, they're probably going to win it. Yeah. Ken and Robin. Yeah, I think so. Context clues. Boom. Yep. So they want to know, Matt, do you know who it was who made the Jerkins comment? Yes. Okay. Of course I know who it was. This th- That is my wife's cousin, just so everyone's aware of what's going on. <laughs> All right. That makes it even better. <laughs> now that we're back, we can play everyone's favorite <clears throat> game. Oh, we got a question. Have you ever ran or played Savage Worlds in a genre other than fantasy or sci-fi? Uh, yes, I've played Deadlands, um, which is still, I love playing Deadlands. I think it's awesome. Technically, uh, <laughs> fantasy western. Well, I mean, you could probably connect anything to fantasy or sci-fi. Sure. I mean, sure. it's, I was just being a turd. Yes. Uh, so I played Savage Deadlands a couple times. I ran it a couple times. I really enjoyed it both times. Uh, I did the Kickstarter. I'm pointing, though, you can't see it. Right off here, there's a bookshelf. And I got the 20th edition I've seen it. of the uh, original Deadlands. So it's not the Savage Worlds uh, system that I hope to try out at some point in time. I've- I've seen the bookshelf. So what about you, Matthew? Uh, have you ever played or ran Savage Worlds that wasn't fantasy or sci-fi? I have played that Savage Worlds games with you, which I believe I would call f- steampunk fantasy. So, I, Or oh, steampunk, yeah, the one, I guess. The one we did the, that was steampunk, right? Yeah, ended in the middle and it has never been heard or seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if steampunk doesn't count as fantasy, then yes. But if it does count as fantasy, then... No, I'm pretty sure that's the only time I played Savage Worlds. All right, what about you, Devin? Yeah, um, uh, time back I ran a couple of one-shots of Vampire Earth, uh, which is a kind of a post-modern horror line of books. Uh, It's sci-fi adjacent because uh, aliens from far away come and they inhabit Earth and take it over. Uh, and it basically turns the Earth into a World War II battlefield, just with the aliens being Nazis, and the aliens are uh, vampires, essentially. Huh. I saw the Savage World setting, which I'm there. Yeah, I saw <laughs> yeah. the Savage World settings that was uh, that was based in World War II, but it was called Ragnarok, and basically Ragnarok happened during or caused World War II. So it's like it was like. You saw like Nazis like hiding behind the Jormungdur Jormungdur as like a barrier, and they were like shooting like Allied troops coming over. I was like, "What? Uh, What is this world?" (laughs) I saw this is years and years ago. I think it was called Weird Wars, which I think might have been based off of Deadlands. And what I saw was a werewolf in a Nazi uniform flying a plane, and. Like, that's the image that sticks in my mind that apparently the Nazis were werewolves and vampires. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you I, I play that game. 2021 fans, but Chopper Dave, by day, he's a helicopter pilot, but by night, he fights crime as a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah. Nice. And I'm a fan of werewolves and everything. So, well, yeah, why wouldn't you be? Uh, <laughs> so now we will move into everyone's favorite part of the show. Where have my fingers been? 
So Devin, I will let you start by asking Matt once again, so you'll get a chance to see both of us do better or worse than one another. Uh, again, we do the song, and then you're going to give Matt a scene of some sort, uh, and that's where his fingers will be, have been, and he will act out that scene. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right, Devin, where has your right. fingers been? All right, so any scene I want? Yeah, anything. Great. Uh, you tell, tell me about that time where you got stuck in a World War II tank in the plains of Africa. I said, load the cannon. Oh, but Charlie, we only got, no, I said, load it. We only have two shells left in the magazine. I, Corporal, load that damn cannon. But Corporal, the Zulus are coming. I don't care about the Zulus. We are defending these damn planes from the Nazis. But the Zulus got them Jaguar warriors. Don't talk about the Jaguar warriors. Don't. We're worried about one thing and one thing only. It's the Nazis. That's what I was going to say. Corporal, take that back. I take it back. It's the Nazis. Oh, my God. I knew it. And that's where my fingers been. <laughs> Woo. Okay, so our fingers talk to each other. I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, uh, and if you want to pull a Scott, you can even bring in a third character because he loves to do that shit. Okay, Matthew. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? In your perfect Deadlands game. We have been in this tavern for six nights. There's been a full moon every night. Nothing has happened. I know. It's the slow build that gets you. <laughs> hey, did, did you hear that? I, I don't know. It sounded like something on the roof. Should we go up there? No, you fucking idiot. That's where the ninjas are. And that's where my fingers have been. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> That basically encapsulated my philosophy of GMing. <laughs> Slow build, roof ninjas. <clears throat> oh my god! Actually, speaking of ninjas, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt this this game, but uh, that was actually a tip in the game that I play on Sundays with the Heroes for Hire Defenders thing. If someone tips us ten dollars, ninjas just attack. <laughs> and I and in my head, I'm going, someone's talking to Michael. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who's not in the know, go back and listen to our Secret Slides in the Undead 13th Age actual play that I ran, which I still think is one of the best games we've ever played, even though it had roof ninjas. I killed a dragon with a dagger. I used You killed Zorf. I, I Zorf! <laughs> which is my best voice I've ever done. That, that game is so full of good things. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to go to Devin. Devin. I thought we were skipping me. Oh, no, no, no. no. Ah. All right. I'll, I'll sing the song. Yes. Good. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Everybody to the limit. My fingers to the limit. Come on, tell me where my fingers have been. Oh, strong bed's back. Your, your fingers are roof ninjas waiting for hapless adventurers to come up and find them. Is it time yet? Shh. Seriously, they're walking by. Shh. 
come on, man. We got to get, get it done. Okay, now. <laughs> and that's where my fingers have been. Yay! Fabulous, fabulous first effort. Thank you so much. Oh, that was that good. That was good. That a- was really good. A's all the way around. That was great, everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to apologize to the Zulu tribe. I know they weren't Jaguar warriors. They were leopard warriors, and I'm an idiot, and I apologize. That's what people come here for, the, the accuracy and the apologies. <laughs> the, the two A's. The, the two, two A's of the RPG Academy. That's right. The accuracy, yes, that's and why, the apologies. We are sorry. That's why there's two A's in Academy. All right. <laughs> I just want to write that out now. R, ridiculous. P, people. G, gaming. A, authenticity. C, cads. A, apologies. Oh, yeah, you do the whole thing. We'll figure something out. I'm gonna. Okay, so we will move into the last section of the show, unless we have questions at the end, and that is crypto zoology and this is where we take a look at a monster probably from D, and we talk about ways we have used them in the past and maybe talk about ways that we could use them in the future uh devin is our guest tonight and he chose the varguil though that's not how it would, sounds like it would spell but according to wikipedia that's how you pronounce it it is not in fifth edition at least if it is, i cannot find it but i did find it on wikipedia sacre bleu um, so it is described as it's a it's a German vampire. It's right? a human head attached to small, limbless, tentacled central body with bat wings that grow out from behind its ears. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And so usually red in color. I uh, I pulled this from three point five D and D because it is in the three point five yep. monster manual. All right. So have you used a varguil before? Once, long time ago in the before times. Yes, uh, when I was still running D&D ages and ages ago, I did use a Varguil, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I had it come upon the party as they were sleeping, <laughs> and it uh, performed its kiss on one of their... Um, uh, one of their NPCs in the party. And so they woke up to... Um, their NPC dying a horrible death and then uh, fighting two of these floating redheads. <laughs> All right. I am trying. Yep, there it is. I have added it to the chat. I'll blow it up just for a second so everybody can see what it looks like. And then I will make it small again so that we can keep talking. Uh, so that's what a Varguil looks like for anyone who's watching. So what is it about the Varguil? That, uh, that that was like, oh, I want to use this monster. Like, what is it about it that you thought was interesting? Well, I am already a huge fan of vampires. Uh, I don't think anyone who knows me or has listened Spark- to my show. Sparkly kind or no? Yes. I'm, I'm okay with sparkly kind as well. Uh, okay. They have unique types of stories. <laughs> I like vampires. Vampires are cool. Um, and I came across these guys and I said, ooh, they're vampire heads. And that's like all they do and it's kind of weird and off the wall and I hadn't heard about it in any kind of fantasy before so I was like I'm gonna use this because it seems unique and different and not something that they will expect um, so to answer Mark's question I, I pulled pulled that off the internet it's from like a Wikipedia entry so I don't know but I'm guessing that's the first edition uh, image but um, 
the, the thing that comes to mind for me with the Vargwell looking at it is this has the chance of just coming across as silly. I mean, yes. it's kind of a ridiculous looking monster. And if you don't set the atmosphere correctly, or maybe you don't have the players in the right frame of mind, I don't think it's going to come across as scary. It's going to come across as a flying head. <laughs> but but they can be terrifying. They have some pretty crazy stuff that they can do. They're pretty deadly. Um, so I would just want to be very cautious with how I would present them. Yeah. Uh, this was back at the beginning of my gaming career, probably back in 08. So I had been gaming for less than a year, I would say. So I wasn't very good as a DM. Well, no. and, and, and again, and I don't mean that as a criticism at all. I mean, it it, it is what it is. But that's just the first thing that struck me is, I would want to use this in a way that it comes across as terrifying and not just awkward. Yeah, it, it totally needs some setup. Uh, it needs some some tension buildup before it's ever encountered. Uh, there need to be rumors. Uh, there need to be evidence, um, headless victims, that kind of stuff. Uh, I totally used it as a, a wandering monster or a, a, a nighttime ambush. Um, so... If I remember correctly, people were like, "What? Seriously? A flying head? What?" Yeah. If uh, I, I, again, looking at the picture, the wings are pretty substantially sized compared to the rest of it. But if those were, you know, we'll say flexible or maybe they could be folded, I could totally see a scene where like they come across a bunch of bodies, mm -hmm. you know, and they're like, "What's going on?" And they start, you know, they do that sort of thing where it's like, "Wait, we have eight bodies and ten heads," and then blah, you know, uh, that sort of like a reveal could be pretty creepy i think yeah that would mm -hmm. be cool that's actually a great way to use them i thought that the varguil was uh the vargul which is uh, another vampire term but then i saw this and i was like oh that flying head thing yeah i've seen those i've never <laughs> used one but i've seen them i know uh in japanese mythology there's a uh flying head vampire type creature i don't i know that hellboy fought them they were like just five heads that were just running around trying to bite him and he was beating them up. Um, as Hellboy does. As you yeah, do, yeah. Yeah, as he does. And uh, yeah, so uh, I've never used them, but that, that was actually a pretty good idea with the, the, the bodies and the heads. All right, well, can you think of any other ways that we can mm. use them? So thinking forward into the future, you want to use a Varguil in your next game. How are you going to do it? I think I would use it as a... Um, as like a guard dog for a uh, for a bigger bad maybe even a vampire have them like sitting in two suits of armor at like the 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 top of the you know the the threshold so it's like oh look at these suits of armor oh those are nice and they lift up the thing and the vargil's like ah! <laughs> and it's like oh shit because there is a rule if you see a suit of armor you have to look inside Right, because mm -hmm. it, you want to know if it's that good shit or if it's if it's tin. Because if it's tin, you don't want it. But if it's a good shit, you're like, well, is this my size? Let's, let's, let's take some dimensions. Who do we have to save again? Is it a time thing? Because I want to doff this. Uh, I, I also could think you mentioned like it being sort of the watchdog. Uh, it could certainly be a, go with me here, a mouthpiece. For the big bad. I, I, I don't Ooh. know if they can talk. Let's assume they can. So this flying head shows up and starts talking to them. Like, hey, we're going to kill you if you don't, like, do the thing or not do the mm -hmm. thing. According to the SRD, they speak infernal. Oh. So they do speak. 
Okay, well, they speak something. Yeah. Uh, cool I would... When something shows up and doesn't speak your language and is threatening you, you're like, <laughs> is, is this happy? Are you... Is he gibbering or are yeah. those words? Yeah. Blink once for you're happy and blink twice for I should be scared. Nonverbal communication depends on the body. It doesn't have one. I don't know if it's open or closed or shrugging the shoulders. And it and I can't even go off like the 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 brow because it furrows every time he flaps. <laughs> uh, I would want to put them in a, a far future and have them be an actual race of aliens. Uh, and then in order to manipulate their environments, they have a series of. Uh, uh, mechanical bodies that they can plug into and move around. Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the kind of stuff you can expect from the Sharkbone podcast. Uh, so, uh, fuck us, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike I, and I like, that'd be good guard dogs. <laughs> I, I want to use the tentacles in some way, and, and this is a complete stretch, but I, and in my head, I see a scene where the adventurers come to like a tavern or some small quaint village and they have like a communal pot of food that everyone is eating and it's like noodles and everyone's just sort of eating out of it. And then you like, you get the one, you're like, what's this? And then the head slowly like comes to the surface. So then everyone freaks out thinks you're dealing with cannibals and they start to turn on the, the villagers, but then it comes out and attacks the adventurers. Mm. Yeah. Dude, don't fuck with my noodles. <laughs> it could, uh, it could also hang upside down from a tree and become a pinata trap. <laughs> There's an African vampire that does that exact thing. It has <laughs> it has hooks for feet, and it hangs, and then it drops on its victims like the drop bear. That's that's awesome. Uh, you, yeah. you could you could lean into the absurdness, and just just wait for for one time when this when it happens naturally in the game. Where one of the players just like throws something for whatever reason, and then it brings it back in its mouth like a puppy, and then it throws it and it just it, it fetches whatever they throw and it just hangs around them like a dog. <laughs> what if its tentacles are um, actually nerve fibers, and so it can burrow into a host body and take control of that body for whatever? Oh, as long as it's headless. Well, uh, no, maybe it, not it even like, if it's yeah, headless. It could like envelop the head. Oh, so just look. Ooh. Or it's another head, like on the back of the neck. So it's like got a hunchback wearing a cloak. Yeah, I do like the idea Some of the Voldemort able to, like, shit. Trying to like dig those uh, nerves down into a body and taking it over. Because then you could get away. It doesn't have to be a human body. It could be anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could have like a dead, desiccated horse with that head on it. Yeah. Someone, uh, <laughs> Ian says they could be in a wig store and, <laughs> and oh, like, ah! <laughs> nice. then it would be the scene from Young Frankenstein I've got nobody <laughs> I've got nobody <laughs> I love Who did movie. you where did you get this brain from Abby someone yeah. Abby. Abby what Abby no <laughs> you <laughs> idiot <laughs> said again yeah that's... and now we're just going to quote young frankenstein i'm doesn't the uh, isn't the hump on the, uh... the other side <laughs> what hump <laughs> uh so mark says what if a medusa head was actually a varg wheel 
I mean, that's, I think in oh. one of the pictures online, that's one of the options. Like there was one that looked like just a Medusa head flying around. That would be really cool. Well, it could yeah, be a I mean, thing like, you know, like, you know, Clash of the Titans, you fight the Medusa, you cut its head off. You think, hey, we've won, but then the head's still alive. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, no. But that yeah. coaster of emotion. Honestly, I think it's cooler if it doesn't have wings, but it flies. Oh. I think the wings is what what really uh, weird, it weirds weird. it out for me. Yeah, it's like. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> in, in my mind, they don't actually flap the wings; they just kind of flutter there as it just okay, kind so of yours, floats. Okay, so yours is even crazier than mine, just lifting off by the power of magic. You're like, eh. But if I put this one down, I go, eh. <laughs> bank, bank. Eh. <laughs> we got a bogey. <laughs> you clip it with an arrow and it starts spinning and <laughs> oh my god did they usually explode no this is my first varg wheel <laughs> it bounces when it hits the ground and you just hear ah, oh, ah, fuck my nose <laughs> uh, so michael is saying that maybe that's what uh in the castlevania games the Med- fly medusa heads maybe that's what they actually were were these things and we, oh, just, we just thought they were Medusa because we had no oh, frame of reference. Definitely. I would say that's definitely what those were. <laughs> <laughs> so the Varg wheel shows back up. It's got like broken nose. It's got like a butterfly bandage over its head. <laughs> I'm back! <laughs> I, I want to know who put the Band-Aid on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> It you know, it like just rolls its head along the counter to pick it up. Oh no! And then it's like like that that really bad thing from Spawn that's like propping itself up with its tongue at the end. Well, they have the crawling hands, so maybe they work together. You have the flying head and the crawling hands; they just hang out together. Could be, or or there's okay. that, there's always that that town like a healer who just heals things no matter what. Right. Don't don't. This is just a. Uh, a homicidal hobgoblin, but he had a splinter and I had to help him. Did you hear what you just said? <laughs> or maybe just got really bad eyesight. It doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this little guy. Ah, uh, that's a head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, son, you're very skinny. You need to eat more. You're short. <laughs> <laughs> and then I could have sworn he rolled away. <laughs> That's like that joke. Uh, kid, uh, kid's twenty one years old, but he's only been ahead for his whole life. So his dad takes him out to the bar for drinks, and they both sit at the bar and they order a shot. They both do the shot. The kid grows a body, and he goes, "Oh my god, I grew a body!" And it's like, "Yeah, let's get another shot." They get another shot. Kid takes another shot and dies. And they go. The bartender goes, "Should have stopped. Play was ahead." <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Vargwheel humor. Now I know what to call it. <laughs> is that going to be part of your show that you're doing at a catacon, your live D&D improv show? Oh, is this official? Can I announce it? I think we just did. <laughs> oh, I, I'm hosting a live D&D. Nah, it's just a live improv show. We'll see if there's D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Although if there's not, we're all doing something wrong. Yeah. RPG themed in some yeah, way. Yeah, I, I expect to hear a lot, lot less dildo uh, <laughs> suggestions and a lot yeah. more sort of truth suggestions you know what i'm doing guys dill d20 give me an object you're a mace plus four versus vampires perfect thank you (laughs) best suggestion all night 
And we need a situation. Um, you're dead and you're in front of Bahamut. He's judging your soul. I've been there many times myself. And begin. Well, no, we need a profession. Firefighter. Because <laughs> <laughs> you need a profession and object in the scene. There you go. Players, are you ready? <laughs> all right, begin. Beat that fire into submission. But in all seriousness. Is it, but is it vamp fire? Yes. Of course. The, yes. The varg wheel, it's the Varg Wheels fire farts. <laughs> which come out of the neck hole, which they may not have. That just got weird. They uh, just sound like screams. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, but Matt will be running an improv show. That's going to be one of our entertainment events this year. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think that will be a good time. I got to get some people on. I think you need to tell me who's coming so I can start collecting performers. Well, we're uh, we haven't got quite got there yet. Okay, so, well, yeah. let me know. Because yeah. I, I know there's some people who can do improv, and I'd like to start with those people first. Well, I know Scott's coming. He's the only one yes. I know for sure, uh, yeah. other than our special guest people. So, But anyways, we will talk more about that as we get uh, further into our catacomb planning. So um, we'll throw it out to the audience one more time. Does anybody have any questions that they would like to throw our way? RPG-related or otherwise, uh, we will try our best to tackle them. Uh, if not, we will wrap things up here. So we'll uh, we'll wait a moment for chat to catch up. Um, Matt, while we're waiting, uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, geez, you can find me on the internet uh, at Matt Perotti at any any place. Instagram, Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You got a great job in New York. Looking for some people to help you. I can be that person. <laughs> I also perform with Friday Night Face Off. Uh, it's an improv show that performs most Fridays, uh, 10.30 in Port Jefferson, New York. Check us out, $15. We have a bar. You also Ooh. play Cassandra Ziegengeist. I also play Cassandra Ziegengeist on uh, on Wrought Iron, the continuing uh, the RPG Academy uh, actual play. Very, very cool. And Devin, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, best place is on Twitter. I'm at shark underscore bone. Uh, my website is sharkbonepodcast.com. I'm not actually doing any podcast episodes right now. I am done with making regular podcast content, but um, I'm searching for something to do with myself, some kind of content creation that isn't podcasts. And I think I'm settling on doing world building. So I am um, typing up setting ideas and posting them on the website. And I do some uh, solo RPG plays that also get their write-ups on that side as well. So if that's of interest to you, head on over to sharkbonepodcast.com. If you want to be an event organizer, I know someone that could use some help. <laughs> but we'll have to talk. So there's some conversation in chat about chat. Um, from our standpoint, there is no difference whether you watch us on YouTube or Twitch. Uh, the way our system is set up, it will automatically stream to both every time. So it's just it's really whatever you prefer. Someone mentioned that uh, chat seems to be more stable and a little faster on YouTube. That's fine huh. by us. I have no absolutely uh, problem. Sounds like the video seems to have been very good. So absolutely, you can come here as as well. Uh, 
ideally technology we'll get, we'll get people coming on both sides and grow our audience uh bigger and bigger but once again I, i've really enjoyed the chat a lot of people have been talking back and <coughs> forth it really adds a lot to the show so thank you guys for hanging out with us thank you uh nicholas wants to ask Devin, are there any more spider bite episodes or is that done uh spider bite is done so no uh, more. the last one came out last week i think it was or the week before so we will never hear a sing-songing pecker again uh i am thinking about um doing the occasional ap and posting it on there because ap's are a lot of fun but they're a lot of work yeah oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i know you know how much work they are yeah. but uh, the listeners probably don't have the same frame of reference i know too that's why i don't do them <laughs> but they would be they would be very fun occasional projects so if i if i ever get the urge to podcast i will get a group together we'll play a game record it and then i will edit it and release it whenever it gets done very very cool uh, and good. you are joining us for a trial right which one are you signed up for the uh i'm signed up for star trek star trek yes that's the one that we haven't actually scheduled yet but we've got the players put together uh but we are currently uh, we have a, ch a trial of Firefly scheduled. We have a trial of Masks uh, scheduled. We have a trial of Tales from the Loop scheduled. And we have the Star Trek one that's floating around at some point. And we actually have a Warhammer 40K that Shane from Total Party Thrill has agreed to run for us uh, whenever we get around to doing that. Ooh. I was going to say, I heard about that like a year ago. Yeah. And he's like, Rah. Yeah, that would be my fault, not his, but uh, okay. you know, just a lot going on. Uh, so as for myself, if anyone doesn't already know, you can find me at the RPG Academy. Any social media platform that you search for that and you find it, it's probably me. Uh, I can be found most often on Twitter. That's just usually where I spend most of my time. Uh, so that would be a good place to hit me up there. Um, Monday nights on the Twitch and YouTube, we have the Lawful and Orderly. So if you've been checking out Detention and you have not yet checked out Lawful and Orderly, please do that. You can go back and uh, watch the old episodes on our YouTube page as well. Uh, Scott and Andrew Young head that up, and they do a wonderful job. It's a very improv-heavy, uh, 5e game based off of Law & Order. It's a police procedural. And the jury, that would be you and Chet, get to decide if the person is found guilty or not. So every episode, they solve a crime, sort of, and they, they catch someone, sort of, but you, the audience, determine whether or not there's enough evidence to convict them or if they sort get of. away with the crime. Sort of. Or convict, yeah. get away with the crime. <laughs> um, yeah, I was on an episode of that. It was fun. I, I have not yet, but I'm hoping to uh, somewhat soon. And uh, we're going to try, keyword try, to start doing once a month playing Rot Iron on detention. That was supposed to happen this week. <clears> it didn't happen. Um, we just want to try to start make get Rot Iron a little bit more consistent so that we're going to take one Wednesday when we already get together, play that. It'll be live, but we'll also do an audio version. And then next Wednesday... We're going to do a special Gen Con episode of Detention. Chris Berlew and Mike from the Redemption Podcast are going to join me, and we're just going to cover our Gen Con experiences. So oh, it, cool. it won't be the normal format. It'll just be a Gen Con recap, basically. No, you guys are going Very to cool. play where have my fingers been. We, it'll be Gen Con centric. It, 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 yeah, it'll be Gen Con centric. <laughs> Give me 10 things that happened at Gen Con. Okay, the episode's over. <laughs> So thank you both for joining me, everyone in chat. Thank you so much for joining us there. Uh, so this has been Michael. Matthew. And Devin. And we will see you next time. Follow me on Instagram. So again, we, we got to do the awkward uh, wave out uh, in front of the camera. Where have my fingers been? Where have my fingers been? 
Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>